Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2276 with a release date of Friday, June 11th, 2021 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. The ISS gets into the act for field day. NASA experiments with using laser waves to supplement radio and a radio expedition goes in search of Bigfoot. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2276 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline. Amateur Radio's first independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Wadsworth, Ohio... Here's Stefan Kenford, N8WB. Our top story this week may just help you prepare for field day. If you're looking to score some bonus points during those two days, try making a contact via the International Space Station. The interoperable radio system on board the ISS will remain in crossband repeater mode during field day on the 26th and 27th of June. This is a change from the original plan to switch operation from crossband back to APRS packet during the second week of June. That changeover has been postponed until after field day. By using the repeater, you don't just get a field day QSO point, but bonus points. In fact, crossband repeater contacts can also be used that same weekend for AMSAT field day for satellite operations. The repeater frequencies are 145.990 MHz FM up, 67 hertz tone, and 437.800 megahertz down. ARIS recommends pre-field day practice sessions for any hams who've never used the repeater before. If you're interested in an alternate communication mode, consider the option that NASA is exploring. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, brings us those details. Welcome to the age of optical communications. This month, NASA is launching the Laser Communications Relay Demonstration, or LCRD, as a payload on a U.S. satellite in geosynchronous orbit some 22,000 miles from Earth. This demonstration will test higher bandwidth transfer using optical communications, which may supplement traditional data transfer using radio. The infrared light used for laser communications differs from radio waves because the laser packs the data into significantly tighter waves, increasing the data throughput 10 to 100 times more than that of radio frequency systems. Laser communication systems are also smaller and way less. The LCRD is expected to use a data rate of 1.2 gigabits per second in its communications with ground stations in California and Hawaii. NASA said on its website that radio technology's limits are being challenged by newer technologies. At this data rate, one could download a two-hour movie in about 20 seconds. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kent Peterson. KC0DGY. For some hams in Australia, the cost of starting in amateur radio just got a little easier. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, tells us why. Here in Australia, the Pride Radio Group is working to take the financial sting out of becoming a ham. The group is making free kits with basic equipment available to Pride members who qualify for the assistance and live in Australia. Pride is also providing tutorials on how to get started with the kits. The kits contain, in part, an FMDMR handy talkie, a nano VNA with RF demo board, a hotspot, cables and adapters, along with several other basic essentials. Michaela Wheeler, VK3FUR, VK4XSS, the group's founder, said this is one way to offset the high cost of starting an amateur radio in Australia, an effort that can carry a price tag of about 195 Australian dollars. The Pride Radio Group, which was formed last year as a welcoming organisation for amateur radio operators in the LGBTQ community, has shown a consistent growth in membership and now has a roster of 241. 
For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. For one of the newest clubs in the UK, the next meeting will not only be an in-person meeting, but will be there first. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, explains. Even as the pandemic was forcing people into isolation last year, one of the newest amateur radio clubs in the UK was making plans to bring radio operators together, at least in spirit if not in person. Paul, M0XZT, and Andy, 2E0GGX, started up the East Ardsley Radio Society, G3EAR, to fill a need for local hams wanting to be together. Now the newly created club, known informally as EARS, is preparing for its first in-person meeting on the 25th of June at the East Ardsley Cricket Club. The painting and redecorating have already been done and as Paul told Newsline quote we're ready to open for our first proper club meeting end quote if government restrictions are not lifted by that time Paul said the hams will meet outside the club shack instead for a bit of socializing that's likely to be a lot easier than the Facebook messenger chats that they've been using all this time Paul and Andy hope to be joined by fellow founders Bob, 2E0RMW, David, G1NYN, Mark, 2E0VTN, Darren, 2E0VBL, and Mick, M6MWP. Paul told Newsline the long-term goal is to cater to local hams at all levels of experience and open their doors to anyone wanting to try for a contact on HF, DMR, D-Star, Fusion or someone perhaps wanting to learn Morse. First, however, they simply look forward to opening their doors. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. An FCC move that would take an amateur emergency network off part of the 5 gigahertz band is getting some pushback. Andy Morrison, K9AWM, brings us up to date. The Amateur Radio Emergency Data Network has taken the next step in its challenge to an FCC order that would eliminate the network's access to the upper part of the 5 gigahertz band. The FCC intends to allocate those frequencies instead for intelligent transportation systems and for unlicensed use such as Wi-Fi. On June 2nd, the network filed comments with the agency reaffirming radio operators' critical need to retain use of the band between 5.895 GHz and 5.925 GHz. The Ardennes attorney filed the comments one month after submitting a petition asking the FCC to withdraw the order. The notice of proposed rulemaking dates to December 2019 when the FCC announced its intention to reassign the band's upper 30 MHz. The RDN is a high-speed data network supplying public safety agencies with digital communications support through its email, text, and audio-video capabilities. It relays messages in emergencies such as forest fires and natural disasters and has also been used in public service events. Meanwhile, the FCC is also seeking comment on its proposal to give additional spectrum to private space launch companies on the amateur radio frequencies between 420 and 430 MHz and 5.65 to 5.925 GHz. Hams have a secondary allocation on these frequencies on the 70-centimeter and 5-centimeter bands, respectively. The 70-centimeter frequencies are widely used by hams for repeater links and amateur television, and a portion of the 5-gigahertz spectrum is used by Arden. 
For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Andy Morrison, K9AWM. The annual Museum Ships Weekend was a scaled-down event due to propagation and the pandemic, but there was nothing scaled down about its success. Kevin Trotman, N5PRE, tells us about it. Having long since traded their military careers for roles as public museums, an international array of battleships, aircraft carriers, minesweepers, destroyers, and cargo ships was determined to have fun in spite of challenging conditions. That's just what they did for 48 hours on June 5th and 6th. The annual Museum Ships Weekend got on the air with hams calling QRZ from Netherlands to Australia all the way to Camden, New Jersey, home of the Battleship New Jersey Amateur Radio Station, the event's sponsor. Although pandemic precautions reduced the number of participating ships to 81, radio operators were busy nonetheless. Harry Bryant, AA2WN, the club president, said preliminary results showed on the New Jersey ship alone the nine operators, operating two at a time, logged 554 HF contacts from 10 countries and 38 states. Using one of the ship's satellite antennas as an enclosure for 2-meter 440 antenna array, the operators also were able to make contacts on VHF for the first time. Harry said the band conditions were less than optimal for this year's event, but the hams made the best of 40, 30, and 20 meters, operating as NJ2BB. Harry said that despite the pandemic and propagation, quote, we still had a fun and satisfying event. We are ever hopeful that normalcy will prevail next year with many more ships, operating hours, operators, and better band conditions, end quote. These ships, after all, have seen greater challenges. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kevin Trotman in 5PRE. Time for you to identify your station. We're the Amateur Radio Newsline heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the VK8MA repeater in Australia's Northern Territory on the simplex frequency 146.750 MHz on Sundays at 7 p.m. local time. Hamvention, had it happened, would have lasted two to three days. You are now able to participate in two highlights of that weekend held virtually in May by spending a little more than eight hours on YouTube. Contest University held May 20th, and many of the Hamvention forums held May 21st are now available on YouTube. They include the CQ Contest Hall of Fame presentation by John K1AR, Youth in Contesting, presented by Philip DK6SP, Contesting from Russia by Willie UA9BA, There is Nothing Magic About Propagation by Jose CT1BOH, and a memorial reading of the Silent Keys. A high-speed amateur network in Europe has just become the first international recipient of a grant from a California foundation. Ed Durant, DD5LP, tells us about their plans. Amateur Radio Digital Communications, a private foundation based in California, has provided its first international grant to assist in expansion of the European HamNet, a high-speed amateur radio multimedia network. The funding, which will go through the Deutsche Amateur Radio Club in Germany, will provide sponsored hardware for radio links to make use of the amateur packet radio network IP space in Europe. With this grant, DARC becomes the first non-US organisation to be given an ARDC grant. 
ARDC President Phil Kahn, KA9Q, issued a statement saying that ARDC's goal has long been to give grants like this to qualifying non-profit organisations outside the US. DARC President Christian Ensfellner, DL3MBG, issued a statement adding, quote, We are highly excited that with this grant we can give the European Hamlet project a huge boost. End quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. A noted educator, researcher, and amateur radio operator who specialized in radar as a tool for space exploration has become a silent key. Here is Jim Dameron, N8TMW, to tell us more. Many on the campus of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and beyond are mourning the death of Professor Emeritus and radio astronomy pioneer Gordon Pettengill, W1OUN. He had been director of the then-new Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico before stepping down in 1970. At MIT, he became a professor of planetary physics and director of the MIT Center for Space Research. Gordon's work also involved repurposing military radar technology for science and space exploration. At MIT, he also used the Lincoln Laboratory Millstone Hill radar to create the first two-dimensional radar map of the moon. The map was a critical component used by NASA in its plans for the Apollo moon landings that were to come later. Gordon was an avid ham radio operator throughout his life, starting with his high school years. Gordon was a World War II veteran, and after the war ended, he continued his involvement in communications through his assignment to the U.S. Army's Signal Corps, stationed in Austria. He died in May at the age of 95 of congestive heart failure. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Dameron, N8TMW. In the world of DX, be listening for Adrian, F4IHM, who is using the call sign 5UAIHM until June 27th from Niger. He is on 40 meters and 20 meters using CW and SSB. QSL to F4IHM, direct or by the Bureau. Be listening for the call sign GB1ORC, a special event call sign of the online amateur radio community OARC, is marking the one-year anniversary of its founding as an online amateur radio club based in the UK. GB1ORC will be on the air until June 20th. The club will also use GB0ARC until June 24th. In Scotland, listen for Paul, G4PVM, using the call sign GM4PVM from the Isle of Lismore. IOTA EU-008 between June 29th and July 4th. Paul will be on the air holiday style using 40 meters to 10 meters, both CW and SSB. Send QSLs via LOTW, EQSL, or club log for IOTA. Listen for this special event call sign TM57COV between the 15th and 29th of June. A team of French amateur radio operators will be on the air to pay tribute to those who have died from COVID-19 or are currently struggling to recover. The station also pays tribute to the caregivers who are working with COVID cases. For QSL details, visit the station's page on QRZ.com. What is better than a rare DX? How about scoring a rare sighting right where you've set up your portable station? Mike Askins, KE5, CXP, has that report for us. When the hams in the Bigfoot radio net go on a field expedition, as they did just a few weeks ago in the Washita National Forest here in Oklahoma, they're looking to log a big contact. You might say a big-footed contact. To some, 
He's known as Bigfoot. To others, Sasquatch. On everything from week-long special events to overnight solo investigations, Brent Boydston, KF5THB, has been on the hunt since 2016 for the legendary creature. Now, Bigfoot doesn't have a call sign. Uh, at least not yet. But then this part of the hunt doesn't happen while they're on the air or cooking under the canopy of stars. Brent says that when not calling QRZ, he looks for the classic oversized muddy footprint or certain rock formations said to comprise his habitat. Brent told Newsline that while in Oklahoma's Winding Stair Mountains recently, he and his brother, quote, looked for Bigfoot. We listened for Bigfoot and we smelled for Bigfoot, end quote. The expeditions are the natural spinoff of the weekly Bigfoot radio net on Wednesdays at 2000 hours central time on 7.155 megahertz. He said ham radio and Bigfoot go together because the rag chew topics are usually about someone's close encounters. Quoting Brent, calling CQ means never knowing what you may find. Similarly, looking for a mythical creature in a vast wilderness means the same. End quote. That turns every adventure into a Sask watch. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Mike Askins, KE5CXP. With thanks to Amateur News Weekly, AMSAT, ARIS, the ARRL, Brent Boydston, KF5THB, CQ Magazine, David Bihar, K7DB, FCC, Harry Bryant, AA2WN, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, Michaela Wheeler, VK3FUR slash VK4XSS, NASA, Ohio Pendix Newsletter, Paul Strauss, WD6EBY, Paul Driver, M0XZT, Photonics.com, QRZ.com, Radio Society of Great Britain, Southgate Amateur Radio News, ShortwaveRadio.de, Ted Randall's QSO Radio Show, WTWW Shortwave, YouTube, and you, our listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You can write to us at newsline at airnewsline.org. For more information or to support us, visit our official website at airnewsline.org. Be sure to follow some of these stories as they get more in-depth look on the YouTube channel of 100 Watts and a Wire. Search for the video segment with the title, Two Stories. For now, with Karen E. Murray, KD2GOT at the news desk in New York and our news team worldwide, I'm Stephen Kinford, N8WB in Wadsworth, Ohio, saying 73. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2021. All rights reserved.